On today's episode, we'll be covering all the updates of the last week. We'll look at some injuries and streamers. Plus, we'll review some of the top 10 players at a few important stats. Expect some surprises. That's today on Fastball Fantasy Baseball. This is Fastball Fantasy Baseball with Taylor Tarter and Matt Kerr. Let's get into it. All right, I'm welcoming back Nick DiStefano to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today, Nick. Hey, man. Glad to be here. All right, let's take a look at some of the best performances for matchup number 11. So there were uh, a bunch of really good hitting and pitching performances. So this was kind of a tough call who, who I wanted to dig, dig into, into their stats a little bit. Um, you know, so I, I went with Dansby Swanson. He went 12 of 31 for a 387 average last week, seven runs, four home runs and six RBI. But there's uh, plenty of other guys who had great hitting weeks last week that we'll talk about briefly. So for this season, he has a 382 BABIP, which is crazy high uh, and a 312 career BABIP. So that kind of says like all right he's going to regress some he has a 299 batting average right now which is pretty high for him uh one thing that you know we've been talking about and and i've written about uh is his line drive rate uh it's 24 percent, which is five percent better than last year and line drive correlates a lot to babbit this year the higher the line drive rate the higher the babbit is you know it's more sustainable so I think there is some reason to believe he can sustain a higher than usual average. I just think that 299 is probably a little too high. So maybe like 280, I think he could sit around 280 for the rest of the season. That'll still give him a really good average the rest of the way. And he's also hitting the ball really hard. He has a 12.6% barrel rate and a 46.7% hard hit rate, both of which are career best for him. The barrel rate is among, uh, uh, the barrel rate is the best among shortstops and his hard hit rate is third best among shortstops and that's behind Bo Bichette and Trey Turner. So very good company for him to be in. And his plate discipline numbers are worse than last season, which does kind of like support the idea that his batting average is going to drop off a little bit. Yeah, but even those plate discipline numbers aren't that far off. Like his whiff percentage is only up 2%. It's not like anything major. And the rest of his um, um, underlying metrics look good. Like that hard hit percentage is up 4%. The sweet spot percentage is up 2.4%. Like, so... And he, I mean, he also runs too. The dude's got 11 stolen bases. Yep. So when you're looking at a, a player at shortstop, he's definitely someone to um, to target. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of these things suggest sustainability for a high batting average, a high BABIP and a high batting average. It's just, you know, he's sitting a little too high right now, but he's still going to be very good rest of season. Uh, I like him a lot the rest of the way. A couple other honorable mentions here. Dodgers catcher Will Smith 
went nine of 23 last week for a 391 batting average, four runs, three homers, and six RBI. Seattle outfielder Julio Rodriguez, 318 batting average, eight runs, three home runs, five RBI, and a stolen base. Oh, he's an animal. He's so good. (laughs) And Shohei Otani, 389 average as a batter, three runs, three homers, and 10 RBI thanks to that eight RBI game. He's going to win MVP again. I don't know how anybody's other than him is going to win MVP. And it doesn't matter what Aaron Judge does. Oh, Sho- if, if, if Shohei Otani, if Shohei Otani keeps hitting the way he's hitting and keeps pitching the way he's pitching, he how can you choose anybody else? I mean, you can't. He's the only two-way player, so there really is no one else like him. I just don't know that he'll continue to pitch the way that he's pitching. But that's a whole other conversation. If he falls off in one or the other, then I could see, you know, somebody kind of like taking it from him. But if he's like a top 10 pitcher and a top 10 batter, then, you know. Yeah, he wins. Uh, One other player uh, that had a really good week last week was Toronto catcher Alejandro Kirk, who will talk about a little later. He had a 450 batting average, five runs, four homers, and nine RBI. And uh, Freddie Freeman had a 440 average, six runs, two homers, and 11 RBI last week. And he did all that through all those tears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, as far as the best pitching performance, uh, I, I picked out Dylan Cease this week uh, for what he did, but there's so yeah. many good pitching performances. Uh, Dylan Cease, absolute freak. 13 innings pitched, five hits, one earned run, three walks, and 24 strikeouts. Dude, yeah. that's more strikeouts than some teams probably had last week all week. <laughs> yeah. Two, two quality starts. So both of, his quali- both of his starts were quality starts. He got one win. He had a .69 ERA and a .62 whip. Uh, he has 13.4 strikeouts per nine on the season. That's the best among qualified starters. One kind of area of, you know, that that's not so great is he's walking a lot of batters over four per nine innings. So that's a problem. He has a 324 Babbitt versus a 303 career Babbitt with an 18% line drive rate, which suggests that that should probably come down, uh, you know, get some positive regression there and some positive regression to the ERA. Uh, he has a 9.1% home run to fly ball rate, which is pretty close to league average. I don't see that as being like a big point of worry, uh, like some other pitchers, like Kevin Gossman's at like 2%, right? So mm-hmm. his XFIP is 275, his Sierra is 299, so really good. He uh, has a fastball, his fastball batting average is, batting average against is 215. His slider batting average against is 137 with a whiff rate of 46.3% and a put away rate of 33%. So just an absolute dirty pitch. And then his curveball and changeup both are, uh, both have whiff rates of higher than 30%. The changeup has a put away rate of 33%. So he, he has really two really, really good out pitches. And has just been like insane. And if you got him, if you're somebody that got him during that period where he like spiked his ERA spiked up to four, 
and you saw all these underlying metrics, good job. Good job. Two throwing horn some more, Taylor. <laughs> I got I paid for him. I know you I paid, paid for, for him. him. I know you did. <laughs> a couple honorable mention pitchers here. Uh, San Francisco started Carlos Rodon, seven innings, three hits, one earned, one walk, seven Ks, a quality start, 129 ERA, 57 whip, 0.57 whip. Charlie Morton, seven in innings pitch, three hits, two earned, zero walks, and 11 Ks. He had a quality start last week, 257 ERA, 0.43 whip, really good. Maybe turning things around. Coming back. Philly starting pitcher Aaron Nola, seven innings pitched, seven hits, one earned, two walks, 10 Ks, a quality start, 129 ERA, 129 whip. So good start from Aaron Nola. And then a couple two quality start pitchers from the last week. Not a ton of surprises here, maybe one or two. Logan Webb, Corbin Burns, Max Freed, Shane McClanahan, Garrett Cole, you Darvish had two quality starts, Jose Arquiti. And the, the two surprises for me, Marco Gonzalez and JT Brubaker. So, all right, let's cover a few important injuries. Ouch, baby. Very ouch. So not too many, not too many big injuries here. We're mostly going to cover some recoveries here. Atlanta outfielder Ronald Acuna is dealing with a foot issue. He got uh, some treatment for that. He's not traveling with the team. No timetable yet, uh, but they haven't put him on the IL yet. So that's a good sign. And Atlanta relief pitcher, Kenley Jansen, he got put on the 15-day IL because of an irregular heartbeat. And the team thinks it's a minimum stay. He's throwing batting practice. This is something that he dealt with with the Dodgers, isn't it? I believe it was. So it's something we know he can come back from hopefully doesn't present an issue down the road. Kansas City catcher Salvador Perez had surgery to repair a torn UCL in his thumb. He's out eight weeks. And like one thing to note when they say like out for eight weeks, that's how long they're going to keep him out before bringing him back to like rehab starts and things like that. So when they say eight weeks, really what that means is like 10 or 11 weeks. Yeah, so he's out wow. until probably late August, like, you know, like at the earliest, <laughs> right? Yeah. So to me, this is, uh, uh, if you need a catcher and MJ Melendez is out there, get him now, go get him now. Cause he's going to play a ton and he's going to be really good. I also think this opens the door for Vinny P Vinny Pasquantino yeah. to play more in Kansas city, especially with the Santana trade. I think Nick Prado, uh, you know, th this is an opportunity for them to call him up and, and have him get time at DH first base. And what are the Royals really playing for? They're going to give right. all these guys an opportunity to play and they're all top prospects. Right. If, if they're smart, right. They're going to, they're yes. going to call if these they're guys smart. Up. They should play them all. Yes. And, and it's a big, you know, he Salvador Perez, 500, 600 plate appearances last, you know, the last couple of years. That's a lot of that's a lot of room to fill, right? Yeah. So and Melendez has already been playing. He was splitting time at catcher and DH with with Sally before he got hurt. So he's already had some time in the majors and is playing well. Yeah. So so prime opportunity to look in house in Kansas City 
Uh, if you need some, if you need some at bats from first base catcher DH. Uh, Milwaukee outfielder Hunter Renfro hit the IL with a calf strain. And the team doesn't think he's going to be out that long. He doesn't think he's going to be out that long, uh, possibly the minimum stay. Philly outfielder Bryce Harper was hit by a pitch and he broke his thumb. He's getting surgery on that, not the shoulder, which for, for me, if he got, if he, if the shoulder was really an issue or if they, if they didn't think he was going to be able to come back this season, they would have just had him fix up both things. So what this tells me is they think he's coming back. They think he's going to come back this season. Otherwise, why not take care of both things, right? So uh, he is, he's getting the surgery for the, for the thumb. And I, you, we all know if you're a Harper owner, you're not going to find the same production anywhere. He's an MVP type player, right? But if you're hitting waivers, looking for a replacement, Jack Sawinski from Pittsburgh, he'll hit, he's hitting for power, not going to get you the, the handful of steals that Harper will, not going to hit for average, uh, but good option to fill that power void. Same for Seth Brown, who's destroying the baseball lately and is getting hot. Uh, and Jaron Duran, he can help make up for, you know, that handful, of, <clears throat> excuse me, that handful of stolen bases. So maybe you pick up two of these guys, right? Uh, to, to fill that void. Or let's say like, if I have Dylan Cease, if I have um, Shane McClanahan, Garrett Cole, R Corbin Burns, right? If I have one of those top 15 pitchers, I could look at another team who needs pitching and say, okay, you know, let, let's make a deal, right? You have, you have, uh, you know, Mike Trout, you have, um, Jordan Alvarez, let's, let's cut a deal here, right? Yeah. So that's also something that uh, you may need to be open to if you, if you uh, don't have the depth at outfield. And then a few players, uh, either starting rehab or continuing rehab assignments. You have Boston pitcher Garrett Whitlock. He'll need at least one rehab game after throwing a bullpen, and he's coming back from a hip issue. I'm interested to see where they slot him in because Hauk has been doing pretty good with saves. And I'm curious to see if they throw Whitlock in the bullpen or have him be like a, like an opener or a piggyback type starter. So we'll see what that, we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, fellow Boston pitcher, Nate, Nate Evaldi is throwing a bullpen today. So he's working his way back. And Boston starting pitcher Chris Sale is throwing uh, three innings and a rehab start tomorrow. So he's working his way back, but looks like he still has a little ways to go. Chicago Cubs outfielder Seiya Suzuki. Team says he's getting close to a rehab assignment, so he's still probably a little ways off. White Sox reliever Liam Hendricks is throwing in a sim game on Friday. Uh, Minnesota starting pitcher Michael Pineda is starting on Friday versus Kansas City. This is one of those times where like I'm holding off on this, even though it's a good matchup. Typically, I don't like to start pitchers their first game back from from injury. So if you have him or if you need a streamer, I would look at elsewhere. Dodgers outfielder Mookie Betts is resuming baseball activities today. 
would imagine he'll need a, a rehab game or two. So probably like maybe two more weeks. And then Max Scherzer has a rehab start today. Maybe has one more to go. I know um, I was looking at uh, Tristan Cockcroft's uh, uh, forecaster. And he has Scherzer slotted in for a start next week. And so maybe he comes back like late next week, but I think it's probably two weeks off. Uh, Fernando Tatis, good good news for you, Nick. He's swinging the bat. He's he's going to. Uh, he had a doctor's appointment yesterday. Uh, he's happy with the progress, he said, and should be swinging a bat in the next two weeks. More than 40%, baby, that's good. Yeah. Moving yeah. in the right direction. And then Seattle, first base, second baseman, Ty France is already hitting in the batting cage after a scary-looking injury the other day, and the team is thinking he's just going to miss the minimum amount of time. So it's really good news for France and the Mariners and people that roster Ty France. All right, let's look at uh, streamers for the week ahead. Am I streaming? Am I streaming? So I'm actually going to do top 12, well, worst 12 teams in terms of run differential because there are only 12 teams with negative run differentials. It's narrowing <laughs> down. Uh, so the worst uh, from most, the, the worst teams to the, <laughs> the least worst teams, yeah, <laughs> Oakland, Washington, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Cubs, Cincinnati, Colorado, Arizona, and the White Sox, and then Baltimore and Seattle are numbers 11 and 12, right? So Baltimore, I think, is like at minus 20, and Seattle's at like minus six, something like that. So not they're not too bad. Um, and then the top 10 most strikeouts for batters angels atlanta baltimore pittsburgh arizona milwaukee seattle miami chicago and oakland so the, the the kind of big ones that i would target this week oakland pittsburgh and arizona and to a lesser extent baltimore and and seattle um, although i would not throw against baltimore at home uh, that's something to avoid so a couple starters this week. Cincinnati starting pitcher Graham Ashcraft is at the Cubs on Thursday the 30th. He is rostered in 15.3% of ESPN leagues. There's good and bad to him. The bad is he only strikes out five batters per nine innings. He has a 260 BABIP, so, you know, regression to the ERA. Uh, but the good is he walks one and a half batters per nine innings. He has a 77% left on base rate and a 57% ground ball rate. That's why he gets no case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And 3.27 ERA, 3.58 XFIP, 3.72 Sierra. So they see regression, but it's not that much. No, that's and not wrong. yeah. And so I see, you know, uh, Chicago Cubs, it's a good matchup. They are one of those teams to target. Um, so good option there if you need a streamer for the week. Also, San Francisco starting pitcher Alex Cobb, who I've mentioned 10 million times, 
He has the <laughs> White Sox on Friday, July 1st. He is rostered in 20% of ESPN leagues. If you listen to this podcast regularly, I'm not going to go through everything that I've said the last like two months. Just pick him up, people. He shouldn't be a 20% roster. Just like, pick him up. His XFIP is 2.7. Like, yeah, his ERA doesn't match him up. any of his background stats. It's double. He needs help on defense and he needs like uh, a few starts of good luck. Exactly. And then he, and then he's fine. 270 fit, 295 Sierra versus a 548 ERA. Like he's pitching two and a half runs worse than he should. Right. So that's going to, that's going to fix. So pick him up now, hold him. You, you have a, a starter the rest of the way. Uh, Milwaukee starting pitcher Adrian Hauser is at Pittsburgh on Friday, July 1st. He's a, he's rostered in 8.5% of ESPN leagues. To me, he's purely a streamer at this point. I think earlier in the season, you could have held on to him for a bit, but and I did in, in a few leagues, but this is the point where you know he's streamer only in good matchups, and Pittsburgh is a really good matchup. Um, now, Hauser doesn't get a ton of K's. I don't think he gets a ton of K's in this matchup, but he's averaging basically six innings pitched per start. So at the very least, he has quality start potential um, against a, a bad team. You have Seattle pitcher George Kirby versus Oakland on Saturday, July 2nd. He's rostered in 30% of ESPN leagues. He's been unlucky with home run fly ball rate and his home run per nine rate. But to me, everything else looks good. His Sierra and his XFIP are in that mid three range. I think, I think Kirby's a good kind of like stream and hold option. And like, you can get him for cheap. He's, he's out there. Uh, you know, if you're playing in like fan tracks leagues, he's, you know, where they do a ton yeah. of like <laughs> dynasty and stuff like that. He's probably gone, but like Yahoo ESPN, He's going to be yeah. out there. Uh, I actually so, picked him up in our uh, in our league, Taylor, this past week because he was a two-start option this current week and uh, pitched him versus the Orioles. But I wish I had looked more into the actual numbers of the Orioles. I mean, like you said, they're what a, the eleventh worst in run differential, but um, and, it, and it's get they're getting better. They're get They're definitely getting better. I'm an Orioles fan. And I should have known better. Um, the rebuild is real because I looked it up. They're actually 15th in the league with home runs. And in his matchup versus the Orioles, it goes back to that bad luck of home run to fly ball ratio, right? He had four innings pitch, seven earned runs. Um, it was the, the game where they hit back-to-back home runs in two different innings. Um, however, Oakland has the 29th. <laughs> least home runs so this should be a very good matchup for him uh considering that bad home run to fly ball ratio yeah and, and he's he he's such a cheap option you don't feel bad if like two or three weeks from now he starts you know he has a sh- couple string of you know a string of a few bad starts and you want to drop him to pick up somebody else that's hot like you don't feel bad about it um, and one thing I will say um, uh, about Baltimore really quick is they're 18 and 17 at home. So don't pitch that, against Baltimore at home. It was that pushing that wall out. Yeah. Well, the left field wall, man. 
I think a lot of people underestimate Baltimore's offense. Like their yep. their pitch their pitching is what keeps them out of games. Yep. You know, so uh, and so when it comes to streaming, right? That's uh, streaming pitchers against them. Okay. That's something to kind of like take note of. Uh, Boston starting pitcher Rich Hill has the Cubs on Saturday, uh, uh, July, not August, Saturday, July 2nd. He is rostering 7.3% of ESPN leagues, purely a streamer here. Uh, it's a good matchup against the Cubs, bad team. Um, but, you know, you're picking him up for that matchup and you're dropping him. And then you could, in his place, add Detroit starting pitcher Bo Brisky versus Kansas City on Sunday, July 3rd. He is rostered in 2.5% of ESPN leagues. Again, you know, a, a pitcher that has risk of regression long-term, but really good matchup to stream against. You talk about cheap. Bo Brisky is definitely going to be risky. Um, couldn't resist that. I'm sorry. Um, but <laughs> I would pick him up for this matchup versus Kansas City for sure. And then uh, Alex Cobb again. Pick him uh, up, people. Has a, has a really good start again at Arizona next Wednesday. So add him now, and you don't have to burn a an acquisition uh, for next week. So there you go. We'll give out some more over the next few days on Twitter. So follow us at Fastball Pod to get the scoop on who we are streaming. And we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back to discuss some interesting top 10 players from, from a few top 10 lists right after a word from our sponsor. All right, so we're going to take a look at a few top 10 players at, at a few different stats. Um, so, you know, we looked through a few, found some, found some interesting ones. You know, we wanted to find, you know, there's a lot of, you know, uh, for like the top 10 home runs, for example, a lot of those guys, not surprises, right? Same for top 10 runs, top 10 steals, right? Not a lot of surprises there. So we wanted, we curated this a little bit. We, we picked a few, a few that we thought you should know about. And so all of these players, both hitters and pitchers are qualified. So if you go look on, you know, ESPN or Fantrax or Yahoo or whatever, and you go to like OBP or home runs or batting average, and you see like somebody has like a 400 batting average, but they've got 20 at bats, they're not gonna <laughs> show up on this. So that's not who we're talking about. We'll start with uh, our top 10, top, top 10 home runs. So number six is Anthony Rizzo, which I found surprising. And yep. then number eight is Christian Walker. And I think wow. bo both of those guys, I think, kind of get overlooked because of their batting average. Yep. So Rizzo, Rizzo, for example, has a 220 batting average but he also has a 198 Babbitt, right? And he's one of those players where like on the surface, you see 198 Babbitt, that's going to go up. Like he should be hitting like 300 Babbitt, right? One thing to note is that he has a 15% line drive rate and almost a 50% fly ball rate, which are kind of like uh, two years ago, rabbit ball, rap, rabbit ball, like 2019 yeah. would have been perfect. Yep, not um, now. He, he would have like popping a, he, out or hitting a home run. Yeah, he would have like a 330 average. Uh, yeah, it'd be but, a different story. But 
this is the year you want to drive the ball and he's not doing that. And so I, I don't think his, his expected batting average is 262. I don't think he's getting close to that. I think 230 maybe. Yeah. I think the Babbitt will come up a bit and the average will come up a bit, but not a ton. He also has a 30% chase rate. Um, It's, it's not great. It's not the worst, but it's It's not not great. Um, so, you know, he's, to me, he's interesting. If you have him, you're not upset. I would sell him. Yeah. I, I, I would try to, to find somebody maybe with, with a shot of better average that's still, you know, getting you, getting you good, uh, you know, getting you good stats. I would trade him for Christian Walker straight up. Like he's got less home runs, but I'd take Walker over him. It's an, it's an interesting deal. So the Christian Walker has kind of similar issues. Uh, Some good things. Christian Walker's walk rate is up from last year. His strikeout rate is down from last year. And also his chase rate and swinging strike rate are both down from last season and his overall contact rate is up. So play discipline wise, he's doing a lot of good things, but where he kind of falls similarly to Rizzo is with a 14% line drive rate, you know, he has a 182 BABIP and a 203 batting average. So again, I don't see that climbing a ton. Maybe he goes 220 the rest of the way in batting average, but I think that's probably the ceiling right now, unless he starts driving the ball more, uh, a, a good thing. He has a 15% barrel rate, which is a career best for him and a 45% hard hit rate. So he's just mashing the ball, but he needs to drive it more, which he isn't doing. And so when you look at the expected batting average is 275, right? You, you know, your eyes like bug out. You're like, what he should, you know, 275, but Right. That comes with the caveat that he he is not driving the ball. He's going to get out because of fly balls. But those improvements and um, walk rate, K rate, like all those plate discipline numbers are the reason I would take him over Rizzo because their line drive percentage is one percentage point yeah. off. Right. So and when we look at who's going to have a better expected batting average at the end of the season, I think. And when you look at even name value, I think people when they look and I don't know what the, the roster percentage is on these, but I guarantee Rizzo is far oh, higher sure. roster than for Christian sure. Walker. And they're almost identical. And I bet Christian Walker ends up with better stats at the end of the year. So you might, I mean, Christian Walker is probably available in some people's leagues just because he has such a bad batting average and he doesn't have the name bride or the name value that Rizzo has. Yeah. And within the last like two weeks, uh, 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 Walker's BABIP has gone up like 10 points, you know, so Mm -hmm. he's turning in the right direction. And then really quickly, 608 expected slugging for Walker. That's ninth best in baseball. So he's, he's hitting the ball. He's just got to drive it. Uh, for our, we, we also looked at top 10 players in RBI. And number six was Francisco Lindor. My boy. 
And I had been looking into getting him from you because I wanted him for the, for his runs. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't even realize that he's number six in RBI. Yeah. But to me, he is flawed and I'll tell you why he's flawed. And then I'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> he's got a, he's got a 269 Babbitt, which is like, you know, d- decent, but again, 16% line drive rate, that's suppressing the BABIP, it's suppressing the, the, the batting average. He has a below average barrel rate and his hard hit rate is 1.5% above league average. So, okay, he's okay there, you know, not, not crushing the ball, but doing fine. His discipline numbers are similar to last season, right? So it's not, he's not like, way, way, way better, you know, and he has a 245 batting average versus a 262 expected batting average. I think he probably falls somewhere like in between. I think he should be doing a little better, maybe like a 255, that sort of thing. So I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying he's flawed, right? I'm saying he's flawed. So I was looking at, you made me look at, because I think RBI is an interesting statistics. It's based on the people that get on base in front of you. You only get RB, you only get an RBI if somebody is there for you to actually right. bat in, right? right? So I looked at how many total runs the Mets have as a team this year. And in the league, they have the fourth most total runs to date in the league this year. Last year, you want to guess what place they were in for 2021? All the whole season. Probably last. Second to last. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they also had the second least total hits in 2021. So the team in general, and we see that when you just look at the team right now, they are, they are a better team. But then I started looking even in more in depth. Um, I looked at, I went to baseball reference. And if you go to baseball reference and then look at advanced stats, they do situational bat statistics and batting. And I looked at the, um, total number of base runners that are on when a batter is at the plate. It's called BR, right? Last year in 2021, there were in, in um, the entire season, he had Francisco Lindor had 296 batters or runners on base when he was at bat. This year to date, he has 223. We're two months into the season. Yeah. Right. The increase in what they call um, the percentage of base runners who scored on their play. He, he had 14.9% base runners scored on his, when he was at bat last year. And this year it's 20.2%. Um, so I think he's benefiting from the fact, it almost reminds me of, of um, Adam Duvall when he had so mm. many runs batted in, it was simply because people were getting on base in front of him. His numbers aren't that different this year when you look at Lindor but he has so many more people to actually get in. So even though they're the same, I think that's why we're seeing the RBI increase. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's very good. I I think uh, we're seeing probably one of the best versions of him we've seen in a bit. Yeah. But when you see that like 269 batting uh, Babbitt and, and that 245 average I think a lot of people are going to assume that's going to like come way up I don't think that's going to happen I think there are some things that are going to hold him back from doing that however I totally agree with you I think he's going to stick 
at that, you know, in the top 10 RBI. And I think he's going to climb up that. So, and I think he's kind of like a sneaky source of that too. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a categories league, or if you're in a, a really any league that, um, you know, a, a, where you're kind of like depleted there, great little sneaky target. Mm -hmm. And you probably won't have to pay, you won't have to pay as much as like you would for a Bichette or a Turner or, you know, some other, some other top shortstop option, even probably Bobby Witt, you would have to pay more for than Lindor. Yep. So interesting player there. Uh, top 10 Woba uh, weighted on base average. Number eight is Alejandro Kirk. Love and this dude. <laughs> he's also, he's also sixth in expected Woba. He's seventh in WRC plus. So he is super valuable in terms of, you know, the amount he's scoring and the amount of, of scoring he's responsible for, for, for other Toronto players. So he has a 12% walk rate and a 9% strikeout rate. So he's walking more than he's striking out. He has a 326 BABIP and kind of the flip side of the last three guys, he has a 22 and a half line drive percent line drive rate. So that sort of high BABIP, I think is sustainable. And this, you know, he's hitting over 300. I think that's sustainable too, especially with, you know, striking out 9% of the time. Yeah. He has a, he has, he has a 407 Woba, um, you know, that puts him number eight. Uh, the, the X Woba is 423 and the WRC plus is 167. So if you go by WRC plus, he's 67% better than average. Right? Wild. Uh, he has a 10.4% barrel rate, 45% hard hit rate. Good, really solid. Um, not, uh, you wouldn't consider it maybe elite, but like very, very good. Um, and like when I'm evaluating batters, I'm looking for higher than 10% 10, 10 or higher barrel rate, double digit barrel rate and 40% or up on hard hit rate. And I consider that a, a good player. And he's got an 87% overall contact rate and a 5.3% swinging strike rate. Dude. So I, I wish so bad. I like, to I totally just whiffed on him in everywhere this year. Yeah, and, I picked him up in one of my points leagues, and he's a points oh league animal. Like this is, and this is a total points league. It's it's actually it's a strange league. It's a guillotine league where people get cut. But like <laughs> so having funny. him, it's it's tons of fun. But having him has been amazing. Like he's he's just a he's a points league animal. When you look at the fact that he's 98th percentile in K rate, like it's unreal. Like. 95% whiff percentage like he's he's fantastic and and I honestly think he's a top five catcher rest of season oh um, yeah especially in a points league and in roto as well I mean he's, his average is great he's he hits the ball hard um yeah I love Alejandro Kirk I think he sticks for sure a couple other guys here for barrel rate top 10 in barrel rate you have at number seven Ryan Mountcastle who's also ninth in hard hit rate this blew my mind. And number eight in barrel rate is Jazz Chisholm. And I've I've been really going after Ryan Mountcastle. Um, I have been tweeting about him for, you know, uh, for people that follow the, the podcast mm -hmm. at Fastball Pod on Twitter. Uh, he's been like a buy low 
player for a while now and now you can't get him low you, you gotta pay um so he has a 322 BABIP versus a 319 career BABIP 271 batting average 26 percent line drive rate so I think the BABIP actually is going to go up higher than 322 um if you look at other players with like a with like a 26 25 28 percent line drive rate those are guys that have like 350 370 uh babips so i think that's where he should be sitting his expected batting average is 321 which i think is a bit unrealistic because his discipline numbers aren't great i think i think that kind of is going to suppress that 43 percent chase rate that's really really bad uh yeah. and so i think 321 for a batting average is unrealistic. I think 285 is realistic. Yep. Um, and so a couple other things for him, right? So his barrel rate at number seven is 16.6%, 52.4% hard hit rate, uh, which again is ninth in baseball. He has a 611 expected slugging, which is eighth. So just mashing the ball, great ballpark to hit you know, hit the ball and he's, uh, you know, doing the right stuff and is yeah. a super, super valuable option. If you have him. I wish I had bought in on him. I really truly believed when they moved the fence back that he was going to struggle with it. And then I was looking at the other day, what his numbers even look like in, um, April and may and like in April, he had eight RBIs and his batting average was 247. In um, May, his batting average was up to 270. He was 275 in May alone. He had 12 RBIs in May. And he's just slowly gotten hotter and hotter. In June alone, he's at 18 RBIs and his batting average is up to 286. Like you've missed your chance to buy on him yeah. now at this point. Yeah. But I, I was so down on him coming into the season simply because they moved the wall back. I thought when you look at his home runs and how many he hit, he wasn't going to do the same. And that's not the case. Yeah. I, I think he one figured out the park and then two uh, figured out to drive the ball this season. Exactly. And, and I think those two things helped him a ton. And then our other player here, Jazz Chisholm, 294 Babbitt, 254 batting average, 21.8% line drive rate. So, you know, sustainably high bat, uh, Babbitt and batting average. Expected batting average is 263. I think he can get there. Uh, he has a 16.6% barrel rate, 45.5% hard hit rate, both really, really good. Uh, chase rate is down, which I think supports a higher batting average than he has. His issue is that he's uh, pulling the ball 50% of the time, which can be a good thing, but he's a lefty. So he's also getting shifted against. Um, so something to keep an eye on there. As far as hard hit rate, Jose Abreu is number three in hard hit rate. And I think a lot of people slept on him for a while. He was another kind of slow starter that's picking things up this month. Right now he has a 302 BABIP and a 273 batting average, but his line drive rate is down to 17%, one of the, the lowest rates it's been. His expected batting average is 311. I don't buy that. Um, you know, the line drive rate suggests lower BABIP, lower batting average. 11.2% yeah. barrel rate, 
56.3% hard hit rate. His expected WOBA is 417. That's seventh in baseball. And one thing that I think does uh, look good for him, his home run to fly ball rate is 11% versus a 19.5% career rate. So I think the, you know, he only has, I think, nine home runs right now. That's going to change. You know, he, he's, he's been getting unlucky there. And he has a few career bests in terms of plate discipline, 29% chase rate, 80% contact rate, and 8.5% swing and strike rate, all really good. And, and again, the expected batting average, I think, is a little high, uh, but I, I do think he improves that 273 batting average a bit. Yeah, I would honestly was shocked to see that he was number three in hard hit rate, considering he has nine home runs. That was part of the reason why I was so shocked. But then when you look at that home run to fly ball rate, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. So you see some things like don't line up, right? Exactly. So buy him low if you can. Yeah. Another really good buy low option right now is Tyler Molly, who is number 10 in strikeouts per nine. He... So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a few things right here. I'm going to measure what he's doing this year against what he did last season. Right. So the strikeout per nine rate this year is almost identical. It's like the difference of 0.05 strikeouts per nine innings. The uh, walks per nine rate is uh, 0.1 off his home run per nine rate is actually better this year than it was last year. Okay. 297 BABIP last year, 300 BABIP this year, but he shaved 2% off his line drive rate. So you figure that 300 BABIP this year should probably be like maybe 290, right? The biggest issues for him, 66% left on base rate this year versus a 77% uh, left on base rate last year and a 34% ground ball rate this year versus a 42% rate. Uh, last season. Mm. So those things kind of uh, don't sit right. And I'm actually, I, I was working on an article for fantasy pros and I was looking at his left on base rate and wondering why it's so low. The reds are one of the worst teams in putouts, defensive runs saved and overall defensive war. And one thing to point out about, uh, about Tyler Malley, he's going to get traded. Like yep. He's going to go to the Dodgers or, or the, the Mets or the <laughs> yeah, Yankees. Yeah. And yeah. he's going to be on a way better team. And you could get him now. He, he has a 453 ERA right now. His, ex, his expected fit is 393 and his Sierra is 377. His fastball splitter and slider all have a 25% whiff rate or better. His fastball That's splitter great. and cutter have all have a lower expected batting average against than batting average against. So he's not a bad pitcher. He's nope, on a bad he team. He's on a bad yeah. team. And I guarantee you someone thinks that they're selling high on him just because of the name. Because I think he's he doesn't have name brand recognition like some of these other uh, pitchers that have top 10 K per nine. You know, he's not Dylan Cease, but he's he's worth trading for. I would acquire him now for sure. Yeah, he, I think, is one of my, like, him and Alex Cobb, I would be going after very hard 
uh, if I if I you know wanted to to get some pitchers that are going to get strikeouts uh, and, and you know are are undervalued by a lot. Well, Alex Cobb, you can probably just pick up off the waiver since yeah. he's only twenty percent rostered. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I so I looked up strikeout minus walk rate, and mm. to me this is a great stat for uh, pitchers who have good command. This is a command stat, right? So pitchers that are striking out a bunch of batters and not walking very many batters, and that number you get left over is their strikeout minus walk rate. Number nine is Nestor Cortez. Nasty Nestor. So he has a 9.68 strikeout per nine rate, 2.1 walks per nine rate, and a right around league average 10% home run to fly ball rate. His strikeout rate of 27.3% is eighth best uh, in baseball. And he has a 71% first pitch strike rate. And that's, that's first bad. in baseball. So that's he's amazing. pounding the strike zone. Yeah. He does have some flaws, though. Yeah, he 80, plays for the Yankees. Eighty-six percent left on base rate—that's way high. Um, Two fifty batting average—that's still low. He he has an eighty percent line drive rate, but two fifty BABIP is still low, even though he's yep. limiting line drives. And thirty-three and a half percent ground ball rate is pretty low too. And if you look at some of his expected stats, he has a two fifty-one ERA right now. 360 xFIP that's a run worse and a yep. 338 Sierra so to me I, like this is no a question. sell high uh I'm, I'm if I had Nestor I would sell right now um when his value is very very high yep regression is coming for sure and then our last one here is pitching chase rate and mm. the number two pitcher, Getting batters to chase the ball is New People York Mets. New York Mets starting pitcher Carlos Carrasco. Cookie. Not Dylan Cease. What? Not Corbin what? Burns. Carlos Carrasco. He um, has a 39.4% chase rate, which is five and a half percent behind Kevin Gossman, who leads pitchers in chase rate. And so Carrasco has an 8.9 strikeout per nine rate. He has a 2.3 walk per nine rate. He has a 336 BABIP, and, and that's versus a 310 career BABIP and his and the lowest line drive rate he's had it in his career at 20%. So to me, getting batters to chase the ball that much, striking out almost nine per nine, limiting walks, uh, BABIP is too high. Um, you know, screams positive regression to me. Uh, 45% ground ball rate is his highest ground ball rate since 2018. So he's inducing grounders. He has a 70% left on base rate and a 12% home run to fly ball rate, which are right along with league average. And again, looking at his expected stats, 485 ERA right now versus a 360 expected fit and a 363 Sierra. So shave off a run and a quarter yep. from what he's doing right now. And that's what yeah. he should be doing. So major, major buy low guy right here. And 
his month of June was awful. His ERA in June alone was 6.37. Like he just gave up six runs to the Astros last night. Granted, that's the Astros. So if someone in your league has him, they're probably looking to sell him for cheap unless they're looking at these underlying numbers. Um, that Carlos Carrasco's Carrasco owner is probably very frustrated with that past month, but clearly the stats show that he is going to improve. Yeah, and I want to I want to look up and see who else he's pitched against. Where, oh, where I, have, I was, where just, have, so I was just looking two, at that. Two so, starts against Houston. Yep, and then he had a game versus the Marlins. The Angels. Three. Yep. And Philly. Philly was in at the end of May. Uh, but you know that Bryce Harper, uh, Kyle he had Schwarber. one other really bad clunker back in April against the the Cardinals. He gave up eight runs against them in three and three and two thirds innings. Um, um, but when you look at the the XFIP and the Sierra, I mean, they're a point lower than his ERA right now. And I think that ERA is inflated based on two or three. I mean, really two, two really bad games. Yeah, exactly. Two, two or three kind of like eh, games. Yep. And, and like quality start against San Francisco, quality start against Atlanta, quality start against Washington. Quality start against San Diego, quality start against yep. Miami, and then in a bunch of other games, he's gone five innings, picked up a bunch of wins. Gotta 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 go out there and get Carrasco. How many more times are they gonna play Houston? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't be that many. He's gonna play the NL East a bunch, though. He is. A lot of games against Washington. That's good. <laughs> We'll be covering all the big news in baseball, the best players can drop an ad, streamers, and more, so make sure to subscribe and tune in so you're notified when episodes publish every Wednesday. In the meantime, you can tweet us at FastballPod, reach out to us on Instagram at FastballFantasyBaseball, or email us at FastballFantasyBaseball at gmail.com, and we'll respond. You can also read my column called By the Numbers on FantasyPros.com. I do a data deep dive each week, so if you like what we do on the podcast. You'll definitely like the article. And finally, please give the show a five-star rating. Each high rating helps move uh, us up the list on podcast platforms when people search for fantasy baseball. So something that really helps us out. Thanks for listening.